It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Auburn Tigers get it done 101 to 66 against Chattanooga. Welcome on into this special live edition of Locked On Auburn. I'm your host, Zach Blackaby, joined by the one and only Daryl Daprich, the birthday boy, Daryl Daprich, as Bruce Pearl's Tigers, to, uh, they continue to get it done. They continue to get it done in ways that they shouldn't. And look, you can say it's Chattanooga, Daryl, but this is a team that loves to shoot the three and things can kind of get hairy with them if you let it. And they didn't do that. They came out swinging. They punched them in the mouth early and it was all Auburn. Yeah, great point about people saying, well, it's just Chattanooga. These are the type of games that I'm always really interested to see how Auburn responds. It's like it's about Auburn in these games, not the opponent. And, you know, against Alabama State, they came out a little lethargic. Um, and then, but in this game against a team that in the SOCON that could could be in the tournament as a mid-major that's that's got good three-point shooters, has got a good transfer, the kid from Florida. You can't Bruce Pearl was a little concerned about this game because he has seen times where Auburn comes out a little bit flat and takes yeah. a little while to get it going. If you do that against an opponent that can shoot the three, it could be a little dangerous. So Auburn just did not leave anything for chance, came out and looked, took the game by the throat. And that's what I was really glad to see. It's Auburn against all. How's Auburn going to respond mm-hmm. after a little bit of a layoff? How are they going to play? At this point, Zach, in these types of games where they're tune-ups and there's one more gets penned, that's what you really want to do is gauge this team. Are they playing at a high level regardless of who the pen? There you go. Regardless of who the opponent is. And I think Dane Bradshaw, who's one of my favorite analysts, really just nailed it on a lot of bullet points saying this team's playing at a very high level. Mm-hmm. They don't scoreboard watch. They don't play to the scoreboard. That's what you need. Remember how so many times last year we would just beg for that killer instinct, right? Finish somebody. Yeah. Finish them. Don't let teams hang around. You know, go Johnny and Karate Kid and finish them. Well, that's what exactly what they did. And so I, I'm really very, very much falling in love with this basketball team, very excited about this team, yeah. and really think they're they're hitting their stride. Yeah, talk about the, the, the fast start and just kind of setting the tone early. Janai Broom. I think Janai oh. Broom was kind of the guy who led that early charge. You didn't see it all game, but you certainly – Certainly saw it early. He finished uh, nine for twelve, was second on uh, second on the team in scoring with eighteen points, and it was just authoritative. I, I don't like the three that he shot early. I think that was really the only thing early that I did not love from Janai Broom. Everything else I thought was was solid. And you're seeing this side of Janai Broom, especially early in these kind of games that Auburn should win by 15, 20 points. You're seeing him feel out pretty early, like, oh, this guy can't guard me. Like, he is so much better than the other centers that he's playing in some of these games. And props to him, you talk about that killer instinct, and, like, there's a mental gap sometimes that some of these big men have as far as dominating someone else. Janai Broom has kicked that wall down, and I love that. I love that we're seeing that. So props to Janai Broom. Didn't quite get that double-double, needed two more rebounds, but had four blocks. And some of those were on the perimeter. I, I just, I love the way Janai Broom played, and I love the way he played early, setting the tone for Auburn. What's so important about the way he played is there were a couple of games here during the stretch where he kind of disappeared. 
Auburn won games without Janai Broom, who's their best yes. player, doing anything. We said, okay, let's take that negative and turn it into a positive and say, if Janai Broom struggles, Auburn shows they are capable of still winning basketball games with the supporting cast. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you don't want that to go two, three, four games because then it becomes worrisome, right? He answered all those doubts with the way he came out. There was a two-game stretch where he was a little bit you know, sluggish and disappeared for a little bit. But tonight, really emphatically came back and, again, took the game over on both ends of the floor, Zach. He had a couple mm -hmm. big blocks. Yeah. Uh, number four for them is a pretty good player, and he found out right away that you know it was going to be a different type of game. And then he did some great things around the basket. I really loved his post moves, his teardrops with the left hand. Um, you know, his dunks that were authoritative. He did a lot of good things and answered the call tonight, which is positive going into SEC play because there are going to be games where, where he may get double teamed, defensive schemes, they may schematically go at him, and other players are going to have to step up. You just can't go a long, extended period of time in games without Janai Broom being present. Yeah, and then Dylan Cardwell, I'm still blown away by the person he's become, the basketball player that he's become. He's always been big, Daryl, but it just seems different. He's he's playing so much more. His movements are so much smoother than they have been. And you look at his stat line, and it doesn't really pop off the page. It's nothing crazy. Three for five, seven points, nine rebounds, three blocks in 18 minutes. And it's like, okay, that's solid. But I just think when you when you combine it with the context, it's like that's a dude. That's a dude that helps you win basketball games. He went from serviceable to crucial in my mind. Ooh, I like he went that. from he went yeah. from a serviceable piece, serviceable piece to a key piece of this basketball team. You're not going to convince me that down the stretch, Dylan Cardwell is not going to win a basketball game for you. He is. Book it. Mark it down. It's going to be where Broom may get in foul trouble or yes. he may get frustrated yes. and or, or the big that's guarding Broom may get tired and fatigued from wearing on Broom, you know, battle, mano, mano type thing. And then Cardwell is going to come in fresh and drop 10 on your head and get six boards and win a basketball game. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a nice luxury to have. And again, I'll say it. It's because the kid – it, his DNA and the way he is bought in is so much to be commended. Team basketball through and through. And give him all the credit for that because he could start in a lot of schools around the country. Yeah, yeah, he could. He could. All right, Jalen Williams, arguably the player of the game. We'll talk about the player oh. of the game in a second. But was a perfect nine for nine from three, or excuse me, from the field. From three, that would be ridiculous. But 21 points, led, uh, led Auburn in scoring. Is he finding his ideal role? So, Daryl, that, that was his that was his stat line tonight. Since the loss to App State against Indiana, that was on the ninth, he was, um, he went four for eight. I'm sorry. Eight for 14. Is that right? I can't read my own handwriting. Yeah, he had, a, he had a nice game against Indiana. Nice yeah, bounce he was back eight, game. Eight for 14 for 24 points against UNC Asheville. Three of six for eight points. So he dropped off his production a little bit there. Against USC, shot it nine times. Score, uh, scored on six of them. Scored 14 points there. Against Alabama State, seven of 10 for 20 points. And like you and I have been doing this show for a long time now, and we've talked over and over and over again about 
if Jalen Williams could understand how good he is and, and put all this together, boy, it would be huge for Auburn. It's starting to feel like he's doing that. It's starting to feel like he's figured out, okay, he wants to be a selfless basketball player, but also we've been begging him, like, be a little more selfish, Jalen. And it, it seems like he's getting closer to finding that balance, Daryl. He's a guy that's been here for a very long time. And very so we have count, yeah. we have counted on him to for the for the switch to finally flip. And I think it happened after the App State game. I think there was probably a conversation with him where the coaching staff said, We need a complimentary piece to broom. We need a front court presence to broom. If they double him, broom can throw it over the top to a cutting Williams. If they sag on Broom, Williams can be open where a guard can make the entry pass to him, and that's what we're seeing. He made one of the prettiest spin moves on the block in the first half that I've seen in a long time. So I'm just going to yeah. say this. I'm going to I'm going to proclaim it. If he continues to just play at the level I think he can play at, not averaging 18 a game like he's done during this stretch, but let's just say 15, 16, 6, 7 boards to complement Broom, Watch out. That's the kind of piece that Auburn could use to make a nice run in the tournament. Yeah, Jalen scoring 15, I don't see Auburn losing many no. of those games. No. I don't. I don't care who it's against. Somebody else is going to step up. Jalen's a piece. He's not the guy, and I think that's a great way that this is built. So we'll see. All right, go ahead and drop your player of the game. I see some of you guys are already saying Jalen. Hard to argue with that, and that's that's who I would say. But go ahead and drop your player of the game in the live chat. We'll react to some of those uh, in just a moment right here on the special live edition of Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience is what springs home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Something that I thought was worthy of note, because we need to give a little tip of the hat, I think, to Katie Johnson. Let me Tell me if you think this is crazy. But I think this is a sign of growth and maturity of Katie Johnson, the basketball player. He went two of two from three, and that's all he shot from three. And I just think a previous version of Katie Johnson would have said, no, I'm going to continue to try to get mine, even if the game's not coming to me. Even if the offense is not coming my way, I'm going to find a way to see if I've got the hot hand. Now, I wouldn't have hated it if he's done that. If you make your first two threes, I do think you should shoot another one. But the fact that he didn't, Daryl, I think is absolutely huge. And I think it's a sign of maturity and the growth in the game of Katie Johnson. Is that crazy to say? No, it's a great point. And, and to, to just amplify that point, it came off a missed dunk where you would think he would really try to press, right? You miss a dunk and it's Good like, point. oh, I got to do more. I got to do more. I just missed a dunk. That's a little embarrassing. No. He came back after a missed dunk, hit a three, hit another three, stayed within himself, had the headband going tonight. And uh, I, I tell you what, again, these are such – I don't want the, these statements to sound over the top. They're just observations. He plays within himself and harnesses that KD energy and intensity. 
he's another one coming off the bench. He gives you eight off the bench and, and does not turn it over and doesn't go nuts. This team, along with Chad Baker Mazzara, the way he is Im- just improving and maturing and, and, and morphing before our eyes. Bradshaw, I, again, I keep going back to Dane Bradshaw because he's not hyperbole. He doesn't go over the top. Do you he's love him? Very lev- I do. I, do you he's, love Dane he's Bradshaw? One- I love Dane Bradshaw. He's one of my favorite analysts. He's very level-headed. It's How not does just Dane he Bradshaw comes with, make you feel? Uh, warm and fuzzy. No, okay. I'm just joking. He Perfect. he made a point about Auburn coming in waves. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about that. He said, I, I've been around this league for a long time. He played at Tennessee. He said, there's a lot of teams that have a lot of great five, six guys. He said, I've yet to see a team that can throw 10 at you like Auburn can. Now, where that – Ends up taking us in the tournament, you know, whatever. I I have a feeling that when things start to get really, really tight in conference play, on the road, when people start to wear down because of the pressure yeah, and the emotion, playing 10 guys is going to benefit Auburn at some point. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Chad Baker-Mazzara. I think at this point, this is who Chad Baker-Mazzara is, and there's a chance his role could grow and he could become even better shooter and defender and all that. But right now, I think what Chad Baker-Mazzara is is an incredible piece, an incredible role player. I think he's the third or fourth best shooter on the team. I think he's the third or fourth best guy who can attack the basket on the team. I think he's the third or fourth best defender. And that's the kind of guy that you want a bunch of. You want a bunch of Chad Baker Mazzaras. And he's also so physical. I think the personality of kind of what he's able to do is he always sets the tone as far as a guy you don't really want to mess with if you're the other team. Mm. And I I just, I think that's who he is at this point. I love him as a player because of his intensity. Remember, he is probably the most athletic guy on this basketball team around the rim. He's a high flyer. He's also hit some key threes. He'll guard you if you need to be guarded. But you make a great point about a guy that doesn't want to be messed with. This team, Auburn has a certain toughness about it that it will not get pushed around. Dylan Cardwell's tough. When he fouls you and you bring it in the paint, you know about it. Chad Baker-Mazar is tough. KD is tough. Chaney Johnson, sneaky tough and physical yeah. as well. He showed me that side. I love the physicality of this bat. They can finesse you. You want to go finesse? Jalen Williams will teardrop you. Mm-hmm. Janai Broom will go. But then if you want to go tough and get in a street fight, they'll go tough with you. I love that. I don't Trey Donaldson seems like a tough kid too, right? A mauler. He'll get after you. He'll be physical. I yeah. love it. And I'll tell you something I saw tonight too. You know how you made that little observation about KD? I was getting a little worried about how engage Denver Jones was going to stay on this team. Here's a kid that was used to being the dude at Florida International. He's a starter. He averages boatloads. He's only getting six points a game, five points a game, only taking three or four shots. His dunk, his three, he's engaged. He's excited. He's happy to be part of it. I, I worry about kids like that. When I saw tonight, put that worry to rest. And I think culturally, I mean, this team really, they really seem to like each other. And I think that helps with a lot of that in the winning. I think it helps with a lot of that. Back to Chad Baker Mazzara with everything that he's doing. Is there any concern in your mind of it not translating to SEC play? No. Okay. I think I think that's and that's a a fair and valid question. But I think he does so many. He's so versatile. 
mm-hmm. that I think that that can play at any level. I think that he's, I've seen him hit the three. I've seen him attack the rim. I've seen him hit. I've told you this before. One of the lost arts in college basketball right now is that mid range eight footer. No one wants to take it. <laughs> I just, I don't know why. I guess they don't think it counts as much as a dunk or a three pointer. Of course, it doesn't the, count the, as much as a three pointer. Yeah, I mean, the analytics say not to, right? Right, right. But, you know, there's a time or a place if defensively they're sagging mm. or they're running out on you, then the eight footer is a good shot. Chad Baker Mazzara, especially along the baseline, has shown a propensity to hit that shot. And that plays at any level. I think that'll play against an Alabama on the road, or that'll yeah. play against Penn, you know, coming up here. Right. So uh, a few folks said Janai Broom for player of the game, which is totally valid. Yeah. It's totally valid. Uh, somebody said Dylan. Then a few people said Jalen. I vote Jalen Williams. I think, Me what, too. I mean, it's hard to go nine for nine. It's hard. That's a it's perfect hard. night, my friend. I, and I think he hit, I could be wrong. I looked at my stats. Sometimes Bleacher Report doesn't update like yours does. But did he not miss a free throw either? <laughs> Which means he had a perfect he, night. Yeah, he only took one free throw. But yeah, one. So he had a perfect night. I mean, that's a that's a Christian Leitner type night. Remember, he used to have those. So I, were, I really. If, if you were born before last game. So if you were born after the 22nd, you don't know a world where Jalen Williams has missed a shot. You really don't. Or that Katie Johnson doesn't wear a headband. That's right. Which that's a world. <laughs> that's a world I want to be in, where, yeah. where Jalen doesn't miss shots and Katie's wearing a headband. Are you kidding me? And keep in mind too, Jalen can step out and stroke the three, and that has been an, another yeah. part of two for like, two. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, so he's very versatile. We've seen him. I mean, listen, the dunk where he came down Santa Claus Lane on the miss by Berman on the three pointer. And it came straight. And that's, it was like during the Christmas season, that song was playing over and over. Here comes Jalen right down Santa Claus. And he just absolutely (laughs) flushed that, that, I mean, he can hit a three and then do that. I'm telling you, he's, I think he's figuring it out. I think all that we've been hoping and wanting for this kid is starting to happen before our eyes. Which it's kind of wild. You talk about Jalen Williams and you talk about Dylan Cardwell. Development, the biggest step forward that you have as far as development is usually between your freshman year and your sophomore year. And these are guys that have been in Auburn for forever. I mean, it really seems like they've been there for the majority of yeah. the post-pearl era. And the jump from last year to this year is pretty noticeable. You don't see that a whole lot. Sometimes the pieces around you elevate your game to a different level. Sure. And the pieces that get subtracted from your team and from your game also can help elevate you. And, you and never know what kind of players were were blocking that type of performance. And it's not always about talent either. It's fit. I mean, no. these are these are both fit. guys that were part of the Jabari and Walker year where they won the SEC and had, you know, were the number one team in college basketball for a hot minute. Like yeah. it's not always about talent. It's about the fit and the pieces around you. I think that's well said. I think that's well said. All right, let's. Um, is there anything else from tonight? I want to take a peek at early SEC slate, unless uh, unless there's something else you want to look at. No, I just th- no. I, I think we've okay. we've really touched on so many different points about we covered them all really yep. about cool. tonight. Yeah, cool. All right, so they play Penn next. They play Penn on Tuesday, the second, eight o'clock. Ivy League school slows it down. Be careful for those watching, and I love looking at, at tape and what potentially could happen. And I know some of our viewers and listeners always like to hear. Penn is a team that's going to want to hold the ball all the way up until the shot clock, right, and slow things down. That Ivy League system, Auburn has to be patient and not get frustrated. 
We've seen Bruce Pearl team struggle with that. Bruce Pearl teams obviously want to run. This team wants to run. And yeah. They the good adapt. thing about that type of, uh, that type of, uh, team and that that type of style is if Auburn gets out front at all, even it's eight to ten, it's over because Penn's not going to be able to to score quickly enough in that type of set. Yeah, to come back. And I guess something to look at: Will they try to punch him in the mouth early in a similar way tonight? Like, will they run it through Janai Broom early just to see? Because yeah, you know, that'll that'll be something to watch. And if sure. Penn has to go to their bench. Another problem because when Auburn counters with their bench play, it could get ugly. Yeah, we've talked about that second wave, right? And that's that's where Auburn has made um, made some games kind of end a little early. My mom's telling you happy birthday. Well, tell her I said thank you very much. Appreciate that. Yeah, twenty six years old today. I don't know where the time went. Twenty. I'm four years older than you. Yeah, you are. That's why you're not my son anymore. Wow. How about that? I'm actually 55, double nickel today. I'm the speed limit in some places. You're the speed limit in some places. Yes, yeah. some places. And several state highways for sure. Okay, so yeah. looking at the first five games mm-hmm. of the SEC slate, and we'll do this again after the pin game on Tuesday. They open it up on the road in Fayetteville against Arkansas. I hate this matchup. I hate that Auburn's going to Fayetteville. I don't know if they win that game. But I, I don't that, only because it's such a hard place to play, but you put them on a neutral court or in Neville and Auburn wins double digits, I think. I don't think Arkansas is the Arkansas sure. of the last couple of years, but they're a different team in that freaking place. They really are. And and Musselman, they I mean, he beats us. Like, I mean, that's I don't yeah. think that's crazy to say. They he gets them up and hype for um for the Auburn game. So I I, I if I had to guess right now, I would say Auburn loses that game. But the next few. I think uh, Texas A&M at home, I think you win that one. I think you beat LSU at home. I think you beat Vandy in Nashville. I think you beat Ole Miss at home. I don't think Ole Miss is as good as the, uh, the, the rankings say. I don't think they've played anybody. And then after that, you go to Tuscaloosa to play Alabama, and that's when I think we really figure out who this team is. Yeah, I think you – you know, I, I agree with what you're saying. I do think that they, they have a shot – to beat Arkansas at Arkansas because I've watched Arkansas play. So unless, you know, and Auburn did boot stomp Arkansas last year in Neville <clears throat> with Musselman, but they are a different team in Bud Walton. I, I just think that, I don't know, I, Arkansas looks different to me this year. They look different. Now, will that change because Auburn's coming to town and, you know, they'll get up and do all the crap that they did a couple of years ago? Who knows? But I agree with your assessment. I think Auburn can go on a nice little run in the SEC. Um yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if Auburn grabbed one in Tuscaloosa. I mean, this team last year had all had Alabama beat with a, a far superior team. So we'll see. There's yeah, a lot to, a lot, both those lot games to do last left. year were were intense. Yeah. All right, so live chat. The next six games predict Auburn's record. Penn to wrap up non-conference play. They play Penn, Arkansas, Texas A&M, LSU, Vandy, and Ole Miss. What uh, what record? Do you have? I will say Auburn goes five and one in that stretch, Daryl. So do I. Five and, and one, and, I, and I'll say the loss is I'll say the loss is Arkansas. I'll even t- I'll okay. even give you which one I think it is. I don't know which one it'll be, but I I mean I guess I'm leaning towards Arkansas. But if they beat Arkansas, I think it'd be hard to go six and zero. Oh. I think they slip up somewhere else. Texas A&M scares me. Buzz Williams has you talk about a certain guy having Auburn's That's number. That's a good point. 
for some reason, that little vest boy has Auburn's number and it, you know, he stands on the court and does stupid things and looks over at our bench and gets our signals and relays them to his players like Jim Harbaugh or, you know, Connor Stallions. That's what, that's what my new nickname for Buzz Peterson is, is Buzz yeah. Connor Stallions Peterson. So I don't know. I, he, he gives us trouble. He gives Auburn trouble. So we're getting a lot of five and ones, which is what we agree with. Again, a few six and O's. One live viewer right now, Daryl, has Auburn doing something historic, something that we've never seen before. Ernest has Auburn going seven and O in their next six games. Yeah, that would, um, that'd be insane. That's a, what a, what a turn of develop. What it, what a, just a really a turn of events there. That would be (laughs) this just in this just in Auburn shocks the world. Which team did we beat twice? Ernest. I want to know. Maybe, maybe we beat Penn. Maybe we beat Penn so bad. bad. (laughs) Maybe we beat Penn like, uh, the British so bad that, um, and listen, we owe Penn something. Me and you walked out of Hitchcock oh, Field hating ripped Penn. Ripped the heart out. Them Philadelphia smack talk. And I can't, you know, being a Pittsburgh guy, I don't like Philly. And they are a bunch of Philly dudes. All right. Yeah, he was looking ahead one more to Bama. So that's Okay, great. Ernest, good point. We'll, we love you, Ernest. 7-0, and o, baby. <laughs> Ernest, I'm just giving you a hard time. I thought that was funny. I thought that was funny. So. Uh, yeah, yeah I want Penn. I, I, want, I, I hope, Bruce, I hope Butch is in like the second row. And pulls the old remember the Titans, run the it up. Baseball baby. team throws yeah. baseballs at them. Absolutely, no. run it no, up. Don't do that. Don't run do it that. up, Bruce. Not not real baseballs. Those little spongy ones. Yeah, no violence. Yeah. No violence. No violence. Correct for, for real. Um, Ole Miss, I think, is going to be fascinating because of the Flanagan stuff. Both the coach yeah. and the player. That that's one that I'm I'm really really interested in. I'm glad that game. Is at a seven thirty on a Saturday night in Neville. It's going to be rocking. It is going, going to, to be, be crazy. <clears throat> Ole Miss right now is, you know, obviously the darling of certain college basketball analysts because of their record. But make no mistake, I think that's a paper tiger. They haven't played anybody. They're in for a rude awakening when conference season starts. Yeah, uh, Lucio Lucio has uh, has Auburn as a zero seed because no, it's Lu- it's Lucio. Lucio Lucio Lucio. I had a I had a nice dish of lasagna tonight, Lucio. Yeah. Lucio in your honor, for celebrating uh, Daryl's birthday today. Really, thank really you, really Lucio. Really, really appreciate that. So yeah, more people saying five and one, which that now seems underwhelming because there's a chance we could win seven. Of our next six games, but that's- I like going into conference play eleven and two, and that looks like what Auburn will do when they if they beat Penn. I very, very, very feasibly could have been twelve and one going into the conference play, but I like where Auburn sits right now. I like the way the metrics are yeah. are, are working out. You know, I, I do hate, and this is not a popular thing to say, but I do hate that like the two good non conference teams that you've played. Are the two losses? I do. I almost would prefer you beat one of the good ones and then drop one you weren't supposed to. But what? Like, do we feel good? Like, do we feel? I don't good know. About I look at the other games. Beat? Yeah, yeah. I look at the Indiana game who took Kansas right to the wire. Is that I look at Notre Dame. Well, yeah, but they, but look at Notre Dame. You know, Notre uh, Dame beat Notre Virginia terrible. today, but I they know, pounded Virginia I don't today. Care. They're terrible. They're terrible, Daryl. They're awful. No. 
They're awful. You think that they're worse than, let's say, USC? Yes. Okay. I do. Well, I do. Yeah, I, our best win, U, right? USC represents so much upside and talent. So, yes, I do. Indiana's the best win, and especially the way they turn like the floodgates open. That game, Auburn was down 10, and you, I went to go get a Sprite, and I come back, and they're up 15. It was amazing. Yeah. I said that was Sprite. a fun one. That was a yeah. fun one, too. Um, was it really a Sprite? It was Sprite and. I see. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Favorite thing uh, to mix Sprite in in the live chat? Just real quick. Just real yes, quick. Yes, do it. Give me some ideas for the next couple of days. Yeah. All right, Daryl, thanks so much for your time. Man, two lives, two live shows on your birthday. This is how much yes. Daryl Daprich loves the people. I love you guys. And that's why, I, listen, it was fun to to spend my birthday, part of my birthday doing this. And uh, I enjoy it. I, I'm very appreciative of everybody, you know, listening and, and watching. So heck yeah. And happy new year to everybody out there. Be safe over the next couple of days, but happy new year. And thank you for a great year. And thank you, Zach. I really appreciate being a part of this. What's a, what's a new year's resolution for Auburn basketball as we wrap up? Elite eight. Wow. Elite eight. We're, That'd be awesome. We coming. They're coming. Yeah, that's right. About that time. About that time. Yeah, I think uh, try to finish top three. I think a goal is to be top three at the end of the regular season going into the SEC tournament. Get a, well, that probably puts you at a four seed in the mm -hmm. NCAA tournament. And uh, yeah, see what happens. What I might happens. be booging from to... too much cake, but I just, I feel like this team. That's to me. That's the ceiling, the potential of this team. I'm not saying that anything less than that is a disappointing year. I'm saying this team growth expectations and the ceiling of this team. They can be make a run in the tournament. They really can. Yeah, Ernest, who said we're going to win seven of our next six games, is now saying go Michigan. Oh, Ernest, what's going on? Yeah, Michigan plays little little football game in two days. Oh. oh, we're rooting against Bama. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Ernest, you own me right now. Everything Ernest says, I just want more of it. I just want more of Ernest. All right. Daryl, thank you so much, buddy. How can people check Thanks, out everything brother. you got going on? Follow me on XDAP6410 Monday mornings and Tuesday afternoons on the Auburn Network. And then me and you will be back at this uh, next Friday. No, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Live. I forgot Tuesday. the basketball game. Yes, Tuesday. Yep, yep, another late one. So we will be there yep. for sure. All right, you can find all of our written work at auburndaily.com. Please click that subscribe button, and we will see you on Monday. This has been Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.